I mean, I want to make sure that people understand that we're not going out under our own skill or our own knowledge or anything. It is 100% the Holy Spirit. And the more we're docile to the Holy Spirit, the more the fruits are born. So there's another great story I have. I was, I, in 2015, walked the Camino, the 500-mile pilgrimage across the northern Spain. We had a really horrible uh, pilgrimage because it was this historic heat wave in Spain. It was 115 degrees every day and like 5% humidity. I had to stop walking. I lost four toenails. It was crazy. Oh my God. So I get done. Yeah, I get done. I'm thinking, Lord, you cannot possibly ask me for anything more. There is nothing left. And all I wanted to do is take the eight hours from Madrid to Toronto on the plane and sleep. So I sit down. Of course, they bring the meal, the first thing. And I say grace, cross myself, make the sign of the cross, say grace. And the guy next to me goes, are you Catholic? I was like, oh, no. (laughs) I took a deep breath. And I was like, yeah, I'm Catholic. He goes, did you walk the Camino? I said, yeah, I just got off the trail uh, five days ago. And I did, you know, the full 500 miles. He goes, can I talk to you? I was like, Lord, no, please no. And then I took a deep breath and I remembered, I remembered what St. Paul says in, I think it's second letter to Timothy, maybe the first one. He says, I'm being poured out like a libation. No joke. We talked the entire eight hours back oh to Toronto. <laughs> At the end, I gave him my card. And I said, you know what? If you want to continue this conversation, I'd love to by email or phone. And he said, oh, no. He said, I'm going out, and I'm going to find me a Catholic church as soon as we land. <laughs> I was like, praise wow. God. That's awesome. Welcome to Stories from the Street. I'm Brian. And I'm Beth. And today we're going to be with Denise Hurl, a regional missionary out in the Twin Cities. And she's going to be talking to us about how to be an evangelist and not just do evangelization. Beth, evangelization is a lot of fun. It is. It is a blast. <laughs> so I love doing it. I just led, or I went down to Atlanta, which is where I'm from. I had a lot of fun being down there. And part of our 10 great ways is saying, if evangelization is not fun, you're doing it wrong. That's true. I love that line. It I is. And it's, it is true. It's just like sharing this faith. We talked to a lot of our evangelists of St. Paul Street Evangelization. They all were like, I'm unlocked this great faith, I'm finally able to share it. And it's joyful. And it's fun. When you know the Lord, it's a lot of fun to be able to have the tools to be able to share him and talk about with him with anybody you come across. Yeah, yeah. And so I, I love that part. I, uh, when I went to Atlanta, uh, Mark was the leader at St. Monica's. And he said, hey, Brian, before you lead our training, how about you meet, for, meet me for breakfast at 7 a.m.? And I was like, I was like, no, perfect. Yeah. 7am on a Saturday. Wonderful. Thanks, Mark. Just, you know, he really wanted to test my virtue. I think that's what it was. You know, I didn't even get, I didn't even drive in till midnight the night before. Did not not have much sleep, but he actually asked to meet me at Waffle House, which is one of my favorite restaurants. Oh, there you go. It's only, I think it's only in the South. I don't think people from Detroit, they they don't like Waffle House, do they? They don't have Waffle House. They don't even have Waffle House? You guys do have... You got to get South for the Waffle House. (laughs) (laughs) You guys do have Tim Hortons, which I'm really jealous about. I do love Tim Hortons, Timmy Ho's. Uh, but we have Waffle House, and actually, it's really funny. You can, when you're standing at a Waffle House, it's not unusual to be able to see another Waffle House within like sightseeing different, like this, <laughs> because they're so small and everyone loves them. You can, they're normally like built on top of each other. <laughs> so he asked me a Waffle House, so that I, I don't want to say that I had a lot of virtue to wake up at that time, but because it was for Waffle House, I got up, and we just wanted to get to know one another. And then, in in the time when we had breakfast. I knew um, it was actually an opportunity uh, to see even our breakfast as an opportunity to do evangelization. And when our, our waitress came to, to, give us, to give us our food, um, I, just, I, I used the best Sheely line, which is my favorite <laughs> line that, that you taught me was, hey, we're about to say a prayer. Is there anything that we can pray for you for? And she just, she was like, oh my gosh, yes, will you just pray for my family? And that was it. So we prayed for her family and for God to, to be with her and to bless her. And we started eating our food. And then she came back and she's like, uh, so excited. Okay. And like, wanted, she wanted to get like, do you need more coffee? Do you need anything? 
And then she was just like, can I, and I was just asking her a little bit more about her family to find out that, you know, her relationship with her daughter wasn't the best and that her daughter actually just invited her to go to church. And she was not very excited uh, about doing that and that she had been pushing her away. But now after talking to us, she thinks it was like a sign from God that she actually needs to start going back to church. And I told her that there's no, uh, no such thing as, um, what's the word? A coincidence. Right, yeah, like that. We were here. We were at that Waffle House. I got up at seven a.m. to be able to eat my hash brown smothered and covered, as well as <laughs> God brought me here to just be able to let you know um, that He loves you and that He wants a relationship with you. Like you know, we're here. That for that. So we, actually, her? yeah, and we yeah, and we prayed you. and we prayed for her and we prayed for the, the relationship with her daughter to be reconciled and for her to start going back to church and to get back in the relationship with God. And it was beautiful. I love that. I love how God orchestrates everything. Just like you said, all the things that had to go right for you to be at that restaurant after all the crazy things to get there for her to be your waitress. Mm -hmm. And how about her hunger for more as she's coming? Do you want more coffee? No, she was so excited to serve (laughs) us because she, I'm sure she serves, you know, has served hundreds of people. And how many do you think I've asked her to pray with them? Not, not very many. Uh, so I think she was very touched by that. And I gave her a miraculous medal and I told her that for it to be a reminder of God's love for her and that there are real miracles that take place for those who wear it and that it actually will be, you know, a, a means of grace for her, um, as she reconciles her relationship with her daughter. And it was just a really beautiful encounter. And it really set the tone for the day as we went in to give the 10 ways to evangelize talk, uh, to people who most likely are interested in street evangelization and what we do, but I think the most important thing is to recognize that we don't just do street evangelization. We offer the opportunity for evangelization in everyday life. And are always on the lookout. Always Always open to the promptings of the Holy spirit um, and being willing to, even if we don't feel it at first, they're just open doors. Like, Hey, would you like to pray with us? You know, we're going to say prayers and just let like God work in the person's heart to see where it's going to lead. And it was just a really cool opportunity to see how God, you know, led us to that waitress. Yeah. But we have the perfect guest for this kind of a talk because yes, we uh, do. Oh my gosh. Denise is so close to the Holy spirit and, uh, and just being evangelist for so long. So let's, let's bring Denise on. <laughs> Denise. We're so glad. Yes. Hey, yeah. Brian. Hey, Beth. Welcome. Welcome. Yes. Thanks for being on the podcast with us today. Thank you so much. I you both know me fairly well enough to know that if you give me the chance to talk about Jesus, <laughs> I get super excited. So, you know, I'm off today off of school. I'm not teaching. So this is just one more opportunity. The Lord said, yeah, you need to talk. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I'm so grateful that you were available. And uh, I'm just excited to talk to you to hear the stories that you have to share. And before we even get into your stories, uh, I would just love to hear how you even got involved with St. Paul Street Evangelization. Absolutely. Well, you know, I think um, it is truly the fruits of a very um, short and steep learning curve the Lord has had my husband and me on for the last uh, 13 years. We came back to the church in 2005 after sort of a a very cultural Catholic, you know, my way, the high, my way, my truth, my life uh, lifestyle through a very holy priest. He brought us back. Um, and since then, we've just been hungering for more and more. Like everyone says, who's had a taste of the Lord, the more you get, the more you hunger and the more you search. And so I started learning a lot about my faith and I just, there was, I needed an outlet. I thought, this is the greatest untold story. Why don't more people know about this? So in 2007, um, Renewal Ministries actually had a five-day school of evangelization here in Minnesota at the University of St. Thomas in St. Paul, and my husband had signed up, and this was right after our conversion, our reversion, and he was really into the charismatic renewal, and I really wasn't, and he got called out of the country on a business trip. He's like, I've already paid for my registration. you got to go, and I said, I am not going to hang out with those weirdo charismatics, and he's <laughs> like, no, no, you got to go. you got to go. And he, and he finally talked to me and he said, just go and take notes. I was like, all right, I can do that. Well, I was just smitten. I mean, they prayed over me. I felt the Holy Spirit. It was a total baptism in the Holy Spirit. And I mean, since then, I'm not very, um, I'm not regularly active in the charismatic renewal. But what I think it did is open up my heart to the Holy Spirit and helped me learn to listen 
and learn to see with his eyes and learn to listen with his ears. And so at that school evangelization, part of it was to go out and do street evangelization. And through the discernment of the leaders at that same time in, in St. Paul uh, or in Minneapolis was the Gay Pride Festival. And it's a huge festival in Minnesota, a huge festival in the Twin Cities. And so we decided to go out there and it, it wasn't a normal practice of theirs. They said, you know, there's hurting people out there. Let's just go. So they paired us up and we went out to the Gay Pride Festival and I was super scared. I thought, this is crazy nuts. Why are we doing this? <laughs> but we prayed and we went out two by two and all we wanted to do was have conversations with people. And so we said, you know, we're from St. Thomas from the school of evangelization we're catholics that really love jesus do you go to church um do you have any questions for us and i thought it would be awfully confrontational and horrible and it wasn't mm -hmm. it was so beautiful we may not you know agree we didn't agree on a lot of politics and things like that but we met person to person and, and i prayed with people at a booth for parents of gay children and who wanted the church to change and yeah we didn't agree about that but it was it just got bit by the bug and so fast forward, I tried to do it a lot on my own and really wasn't getting anywhere um, because it was at that time and still is kind of foreign for Catholics to do this. And yes. then 2014, I heard about Steve Dawson and I searched on Facebook and I found his Facebook page and I just called him and I said, you're an answer to prayer. Help. I've been doing this by myself and I'm getting nowhere. And so I signed up it for uh, leadership training and now I'm a team leader. And then I became a regional missionary last year and been working with um, Deb McManaman down at Oatana and just, I just, it, it's, I tell people it's my other full-time job that I don't get paid for. <laughs> You'll get paid. So, yeah. You'll get paid for it one day. Just, you know, not here. Uh, well, you know but, what? It's better that it's in heaven. <laughs> yes. <laughs> the moth can't get it. The stock the market can't, can't get it either. <laughs> Amen. And then your experience uh, is just so common that anyone who does street evangelization is in our mind, it's going to be confrontational and hard and you get out there yeah. and it turns out to be non-confrontational and joyful. I think it just depends on your approach and how you yourself are evangelists are opening your, yourself to conversation with others. Mm. Yeah. Absolutely. You know, and I also think that um, our motivation has a lot to do with it. If we come from a place of love, we reach out with love. If we come from a place of judgment or correction, or even if we come from sort of an intellectual approach that I want to correct your misunderstanding, then that's what they're going to receive. And that's going to direct our, our interaction. And so I was just so blessed to be with the Renewal Ministries folks who started it out by saying, we're there to love them. That's our first and foremost thing is we're there to love them. And so I've always, that's always been my sort of place to start from. That's beautiful. I love the fact that your story includes this little um, coincidence of your husband's trip out of town. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Can you believe it? And the funny thing is, is that he went the next year. So they, had, they repeated the school at St. Thomas the following year in 2008. And he, he had a very different experience. He, he went to the Mall of America, and he's an engineer, so he had his little clipboard, and he was going to interview people. And he's like, it wasn't anything like you said it was going to be. And I told him, that's because you approached it like engineering and not like love. And he's like, yeah, I guess you're right. So, you know, yeah. it was very funny that it wasn't a coincidence at all. <laughs> I totally see God's handprints in everything, and especially in that in that. Uh, change of attendance. So yeah, absolutely. Denise, how would you say your involvement with St. Paul Street Evangelization has helped you be an evangelist in your everyday life? Well, you know, I think one of the things that it causes fear or anxiety or even just hesitation in people, and this is true of any part of our life, if we don't know how to do something the first time we do it, we feel very awkward, we feel very unprepared. And especially when we're interacting with other human beings, you know, when you, when you meet somebody who you don't know, there's always this little hesitancy because it's unfamiliar. And I think the beauty of St. Paul Street Evangelization and having gone through the basic training and then again as a regional missionary um, makes me feel equipped with just the basic context, how I look at someone, and then also understanding the culture that I'm evangelizing in, but most importantly, 
to help me be aware of when the Holy Spirit prompts me to say something to someone and knowing that I'm not doing it alone, that the Holy Spirit's with me and he's going to direct that interaction. Um, But it also is a very practical thing, you know, just offering someone, hey, you know, thanks for that great service. I have this miraculous medal. Would you like it? Or um, having the, you know, can I give you one good reason? Having thought that out ahead of time when someone says, well, yeah, I used to go to church, but I can automatically respond, not that it's an automatic response, but I know I have the answer and say, yeah, you know, I used to not go to church too. Can I give you one good reason why I go to church every Sunday? Because it's been practiced. And so both the motivation and sort of the the perspective of the Holy Spirit and reaching out in love, but also those practical tips. So when you're in that situation, you're not fumbling for words and you don't feel awkward. Denise, what's one good reason you go to church on Sunday? One good reason I go to church on Sunday, you know, I would absolutely be a horrible wife if I only talked to my husband an hour a week Mm. and, or even if I didn't talk to him an hour a week. And so for me, going to church on Sunday is sort of that reconnection with God that sets the foot, that sets the foundation for the rest of my week. And it also reminds me so much that I am part of a universal church based on the foundations of the apostles. I get that reminder every time I go to mass. And so when the world looks really dark and really, you know, very um, frightening or very sad or just very frustrating, I can remember that I'm part of a universal church founded on Christ. And so that's one good reason. I have a lot more, though. (laughs) (laughs) That's great. I love that you're you're taking the, the techniques and stuff right from the BET and applying them. And um, that, that's, that gives me great confirmation too. I know you teach the BET, Brian, and I've taught it. And, um, you know, bringing those, those techniques out, they're not just for behind the table at a, an event, they're for all the time. You know, that's so true. I, I tell people when I give a BET, and I just gave one in Chicago, uh, North Chicago this weekend, this past weekend. And, With Mark and I said, you know, one thing, Yes, Mark Collar was there. Mm-hmm. I was. I stayed at his house. I met his awesome wife, Elaine. Met oh, some of his wow. listeners. I was wondering who led that BET. I had no idea it was actually Denise. Yeah, That's great. Yours, truly. Wonderful. Yeah, it was fantastic. It was such a blessed event. And one of the things I share with them is that, you know, again, I am an evangelist. I don't do evangelization. I may have started out doing it as, you know, a volunteer thing that I do for the church, but it has become solely who I am. And, and one of the things that I find so helpful is to incorporate those skills that we learn in a BET in my everyday life. And so I have this great story. So I was um, interacting with a couple of people from a small rural diocese southwest of the Twin Cities. It's called uh, the Diocese of New Ulm. And they had called me and said, we've heard about this street evangelization thing, but, you know, we're a rural area. We don't really have a downtown. And our people really are very quiet. They're Minnesota nice. They're not going to go out and stand on a street corner. But we really think that, our, that you could help us because our bishop, Bishop Lavore, is just on fire about evangelization. And we don't really don't know how to answer him. So I said, well, why, guys, why don't you come up and we'll meet at the Caribou Coffee in my neighborhood and we'll just talk. So we're sitting in the caribou coffee and right next to us uh, were two older ladies and um, Deacon Mike says to me, okay, I get that, you know, you go out on the street and I get that you try to get the people to talk to about their faith, but what do you exactly like, what do you do? I mean, give me a picture of what it looks like. And just as he said those words, the lady next to me spills an entire large coffee all over the table, all over herself, all over her bag her shopping bag and she gets very upset like she's really really angry and really upset and so we jump up and we're grabbing napkins and asking for a towel from the counter and we're wiping the coffee up and I mean talk about the Holy Spirit I look in her shopping bag to start wiping it up and there's a birthday card in there and it has angels on it and so immediately I say oh um, somebody in your family has a birthday who is it and she goes oh I bought that for my grandson but I got the wrong one I said oh it's got angels on it do you believe in God and she goes, well, you know, I used to go to church, but not really anymore. And I said, really? I said, well, it's funny. I'm a Catholic evangelist. And I, you know, I used to not go to church too. In fact, for 20 years, for 10 years, I never went to church. I left my faith. I kind of did my own thing. 
um, can I give you one good reason why I came back to my faith and, and why it's so important to me? And she's kind of flustering that half listening to me. And I said, because no matter what happens in my life, I know that I can always return to the love of the Lord. No matter how bad the day gets, I can go home, sit in my chair, start praying, and I can feel the love of the Lord in my life. And it makes everything else better. And she just looked at me with kind of a tear in her eye. And I said, could I pray with you right now? I said, I would love to pray with you. And so right there in the caribou, I just prayed out loud, Lord Jesus, please help my friend Marilyn to know that you love her and to know that you want to be the center of her life and that whatever happens in her life, no matter how frustrated and angry and embarrassed she is, that you are not going to condemn her, but you want to be the center of her life. And I said, Marilyn, you know, that's the reason that I'm out here doing these crazy things, talking to the deacon here. I said, I just want everybody to know that because it's changed my life completely. And she just looked at me with tears. And then we finished um, cleaning up and I sat back down and I looked at Deacon Mike and I said, well, Deacon Mike, that's what it looks like. (laughs) And then her friend came over. And so they finished their talk and her friend came over as they were getting to leave. And she came over and she gave me a big hug. And she said, I have been trying to get her to go to church for the last 10 years. And I can't believe that it only took you a minute. (laughs) And I said, well, that's the Holy Spirit. I said, it totally wasn't me. I said, just, you know, keep encouraging her. And then I told her friend, I said, please be her friend in the Lord because she's going to need encouragement from here on out. And so, you know, it is, it's that one good reason that we teach in the VET that turn that woman's heart around. And for, you know, I don't want to say that God knocked the coffee cup over, but God didn't waste the opportunity. Yeah, that's, that's amazing. That, it, and it's so important to do that, to be alert and to, to take those times because there's a split second in this whole dynamic that you, that you were talking about where yeah. you just been nice and kind and cl- helped her mm-hmm. clean up, but not that holy boldness just to go that one extra step. It's like, I see that angel thing there. She's Christian. Let's pursue. Yeah. And that, that little split decision where you allowed the Holy Spirit to, to push you through. And it's like, yes, I'm going to do this. That's a decision that you make. Exactly. And I think one of the things that has been more and more evident, and I try to share when I do a BET or 10 Great Ways with people, 10 Great Ways talk, is that it's not just me. I mean, I want to make sure that people understand that we're not going out under our own, you know, skill or our own knowledge or anything. It is 100% the Holy Spirit. And the more we're docile to the Holy Spirit, the more the fruits are born. So I, there's another great story I have. I was, I, in 2015, walked the Camino, the 500 mile pilgrimage across the Northern Spain. And oh, I was flying did you, back. From did you start Spain. in France? Is that and go? I did. I did. Wow. I started in Saint Jean in the Pyrenees, mm-hmm. and then I walked oh, over the, whole, the Pyrenees. The whole thing. The whole. That's thing, like that's the number days. one question I always get because I tell people I, I did the Camino. They're like, "Did you start in France?" I go, "No, I started in Lyon, Spain." <laughs> You know, you didn't cross the Pyrenees. You didn't really do the Camino. You didn't really. Oh, yes, you did. <laughs> you know, I like, Listen, I, one of the- it only has to be 100 kilometers to be an official pilgrimage. And I did like 300. Okay, so. <laughs> so there you go. But, you know, the Lord takes what you give it and, and multiplies it just like he did the loaves and the fishes. Well, anyway, Amen. I get on the plane after 40 days in Spain. My feet, we had a really horrible uh, pilgrimage because it was this historic heat wave in Spain. It was. 115 degrees every day and like 5% humidity. I had to stop walking. I lost four toenails. It was crazy. Oh my God. So I get done. Yeah, I get done. I'm thinking, Lord, you cannot possibly ask me for anything more. There is nothing left. And all I wanted to do is take the eight hours from Madrid to Toronto on the plane and sleep. So I sit down. Of course, they bring the meal the first thing and I say grace, cross myself, make the sign of the cross, say grace. And the guy next to me goes, are you Catholic? I was like, Oh no. <laughs> I took a deep breath. And I was like, yeah, I'm Catholic. He goes, did you walk the Camino? I said, yeah, I just got off the trail uh, five days ago and I did, you know, the full 500 miles. He goes, can I talk to you? I was like, Lord, no, please no. And then I took a deep breath and I remembered 
I remembered what St. Paul says in, I think it's second letter to Timothy, or maybe the first one. He says, I'm being poured out like a libation. And one of the reoccurring themes of street evangelization and of my Camino is that if we hold on really tight to the Lord, he can't get out away from us, right? He can't go and do what he, is called, what he calls us to do, and that is share him. It's like stagnant water. But if we let him flow through us and empty us out, he's continually filling us. So I yeah. took a quick moment. I was like, Holy Spirit, you're going to give me the words because I got nothing. I am so exhausted and physically tired, but also emotionally and spiritually tired. It was tough. So you're going to give me the words. So I said, yeah, I'm Catholic. Do you have a question? No joke. We talked the entire eight hours oh back to Toronto. Wow. This man was searching. He was um, brought to Canada. He lived in Toronto. He brought to Canada as an infant. He was adopted from Korea. Um, he was brought up in the Catholic Church, but he started asking hard questions when he was in high school. And he went kind of a suburban parish where there wasn't a lot of formation and a lot of people on fire for the Lord. And they couldn't answer his questions, so he left. And he joined an evangelical church, but this nagging feeling in his heart of, you know, these people are, there's, an, there's something missing here. I don't know what it is, but this isn't it. And so he was ready to leave this church when he got back from Madrid, where he was in a, on a business meeting, a business trip. And so I just talked to him. I talked to him about my reversion. I talked to him about why it's so important to search for the truth and the Lord honors that search why the Catholic Church is the fullness of God's church on earth, why it has the fullness of the faith, and the sacraments are instituted by Christ as avenues of grace. I talked to him about my own love of the Eucharist. I talked to him about the changes in my kids when we came back to the church and how they are founded on the truth, so I don't worry about them being swayed or pulled away by crazy ideas that the world throws at them. And we just talked and talked, and I listened to the hurt in his voice, and the hurt in his heart, we prayed. At the end, I gave him my card. And I said, you know what, if you want to continue this conversation, I'd love to by email or phone. And he said, oh, no. He said, I'm going out and I'm going to find me a Catholic church as soon as we land. <laughs> I was like, praise wow. God, that's awesome. And I yes. never did hear from him again. But I know the Holy Spirit totally made that happen. Mm -hmm. But he did it because I had nothing. <laughs> It wasn't right. me. That, that's one you of know? my favorite prayers. You know, God honors a humble and gentle and willing heart. I've, I've done that a yeah. number of times. It's just like, Lord, I got nothing today. It is all you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You give it to him. And, and he shows up and he, and he makes beautiful fruit out of whatever comes to you. What I loved about you know, that story. And I, and I think that's so true. Yeah. And what, what you were saying and, and how you were tired and exhausted and that's when the Lord chose to use you. And it's, it's mm -hmm. like that it, uh, showing that when you're living a life as, as an evangelist, you see these opportunities that God gives you. And I just loved your reaction. You're like, Oh no, Lord, not now. <laughs> like people in the work of it, like, you know, when you have this heart and like you, you see this opportunity, you see ones come before you, you're like, wait, no, I'm exhausted. No, not now. But <laughs> there have been times when I was so tired that actually I've rejected it. I've rejected the opportunity yeah. to do evangelization. And I think that's a temptation to oh, yeah. when the Lord provides opportunities in front of you. And when just to see, even be able to say yes, when you feel like I have nothing. And there certainly have been times when I felt tired and have accepted it. But then I, I've definitely given the temptation. You know what? Not right now. Like I'm way too tired. I can't. And um, well, I do looking think, back, I'm yeah. just like, you know what? He would have given me the grace to be able to have that conversation that he's calling me to. And I, I had to, you know, apologize to the Lord for rejecting that invitation and just trust that he was going to invite another evangelist or somebody else to put in front of that person besides myself. You know, that's so true. And I think, but I do think as much as I, I try to be open and respond and I'm human and there have been plenty of times where like, you know, five minutes later going, oh man, I should have said that to that person. There have also been times when I'm like, Lord, do you want me to talk to that person? Do you want me to talk to that person? And the answer is no. And one of those yeah. most common times is with my own son. So I have an older son. Um, we actually have four children, Pat and me. Um, oh. But our older son is very far away from the church and very angry at the church. And there have been plenty of times where I'm thinking, if I could just give him one good reason, if I could just, mm. if I could just, if I could just. And the Lord continues to tell me, you need to love this young man but you are not the person who's going to evangelize him right now because there's too much history. There's too much water under the bridge. You can be his mom, 
but I'm going to put someone else in his life. And they're, you know, I have pushed it. I have tried to have that conversation and it ended up in argument. And I know that's not the fruit of the Holy Spirit. The fruit of the Holy Spirit is not anger. It's never, it's nowhere in scripture does it say that. But being, again, docile to the Holy Spirit, which I love about St. Paul Street evangelization is Steve saying, and I think it's Steve, maybe it's Adam, maybe it's one of you, but I use it all the time. <laughs> I stole it. If you can't, you can't preach cream and drink skim milk, right? You, you have Adam. to be centered. Okay, we'll give it to Adam. Um, I I think it's you know, that's so important. <laughs> somebody, somebody, it's a really awesome thing. I use it all the time. But but it's so true. I, you have to be centered in prayer and in growing in holiness and growing in the virtues in your own life in order to be docile to the Holy Spirit and to be completely at peace with the times when it, your answer is no and the Lord says, no, I really want you to. But then also when you're eager, but the Lord says no. And to be at peace with that. And, you know, as a parent, that's probably the hardest thing I've had to give up is say, wow, Lord, he's your son too. And, mm-hmm. and I'm not called right now to push this on him, but I need mm-hmm. to love him. And one of the biggest affirmations I had of that, and I shared this, I share this in a, a basic evangelization training Uh, Because the question comes up 100% of the time, how do we evangelize the people in our family? Because we all struggle with that. You know, we all know someone in our family who's left the faith. And I always tell them, you know what, the best advice I can give you from someone who's made every mistake in the book with their relatives is that you need to treat them as a person, not a project. And when my son said that to me last Thanksgiving, he finally, he and his wife came over for dinner and we had a great time and we're laughing and telling stories. And I said, wow, Michael, you seem like you're so much more at peace. And he said, that's because mom, you've always loved me, but as a person, but you didn't make me a project. And that was that affirmation that, yeah, that needs to be my focus that I can't look at evangelization as, you know, notches in my evangelist belt wow i brought 10 people to the church today motivation don't have quotas yeah no uh, and 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 it's interesting when you do when you're when you're over eager and you think that this should happen and, and you start to see the signs quickly into the conversation of maybe i'm judging maybe i'm not really loving or this, yeah. person, this person is just not receiving anything you know and and, and you, you know how to, you know, how to, you got to back up. Mm-hmm. This, this yeah. is not God and it's not going anywhere on my power. <laughs> I got nothing for this. So that, that's important, to, that's important to, to be able to discern that. It's true. And uh, I'm just looking at my own family and I wouldn't say any of them are intentional disciples of the Lord. Uh, but whenever I go home, mm-hmm. Uh, I just, they know that I'm like the super Catholic. I think that's what they, I would just, I would just describe that I'm Catholic, right? Like I'm a Catholic, like I love the Lord. Yeah. So I'm the super Catholic. And so I'm just like, uh, when's the last time you guys went to confessions? Like, all right, you know, we're going to go to confession. All right. You know what? You guys haven't been to mass in months, have you? It's like, all right, we're going to go to mass. Like, and just confession just first. Confession first. <laughs> and then mass. Yeah. Yeah. And I, you know, it's, some of them, you know, sometimes they listen, sometimes they don't. Like, I think I've gotten like a hodgepodge of like my younger brother one time went to confession with me. My dad, uh, he's actually, I'm his, I'm my dad's godfather because I eventually brought my dad into the church, but I'm still working on him. Wow. And I, I just have to, I'm recognizing how slow the process is with family. And it's not anything that yeah. I, ex- I want them so badly to be able to know the joy of being a disciple of Jesus. And it's just, it's so mm-hmm. hard to be able to have this gift and to be now not be able to share in that, you know, with them. Uh, but it's, oh, yeah. how do I recognize where they are and how do uh, it's, it's just like in the Bible when Jesus at home, like, who are you? Like, you know, talking to me, it's like, how do I, uh, they know me, they know all my faults and they, uh, and like, the, mm-hmm. they, as long as they, like when they accept my, I, I have to just take those little wins, those yeah. little wins of like, Hey, we're going to, we're going to bring you, we're going to give you this opportunity to encounter the Lord. We're going to talk about this eventually. And when the time comes, when uh, they're open to it, when maybe something happens in their life or they come across another evangelist, when they'll know that I'm a person that they can come and talk to 
about where they are in their faith. Absolutely. And so that's, that's right. I that's talked about prayer. that in my BET this past weekend. I was talking to the group. They're like, how do we evangelize our loved ones? How do we do this? They don't, won't listen to us. And I, I just told them I had heard a story once about a guy who was, um, who was, you know, kind of telling people about God and, and, you know, reading scriptures and, and people for, at first were like, Oh, this guy's great. He knows everything. But then after a while they looked at him and go like, who is this guy? Isn't this Joseph's son? Mm-hmm. Nothing good comes out yeah. of Nazareth. And so they all started laughing. I said, yeah, so we're all in good company. I mean, not even when, when you get to those closest to you, they didn't even listen to Jesus in Nazareth. So um, we just do our best. But it's often um, the nonverbal things that we do that touch mm-hmm. the yes. You know, they don't want to necessarily listen to our one good reason, but they see our faithfulness and they see our joy and they see how we're not, you know, going on every wind that goes by and, and we, we, we have this anchor. And um, even if we aren't the one, we still are, still are a light in, in some sense as, as we are um, witnessing to God's love. You know, the best, the first evangelist is a, the witness of an authentic life. That's what Pope Paul VI said, mm-hmm. right? You know, I think that's so true. And and one of the things that actually started to repair this relationship with our older son was that very um, recognition that it wasn't that we were helping him out with school. It wasn't that we bought him a car. It wasn't that we worked at the soup kitchen. But what happened was he one Christmas just got on a rant and he was really over the top, you know, just being really belligerent and angry and hurtful. And my husband and I just sat there and we tried to reason with him and we tried to explain to him why we came back to the church and why the church has the fullness of the truth and why we believe what we believe. And he was just accusing, accusing, accusing. And after four hours of this, he kind of ran out of steam. And I said, Michael, has it occurred to you that, you know, three hours ago, we could have thrown you out of the house because of your behavior, because you have been very hurtful hurtful to your dad and to me. I said, but we didn't. Where do you think that patience and that love came from? And he didn't have an answer. And I said, has it occurred to you that before our conversion, we would have thrown you out of the house? Because he knows that my husband and I both have pretty hot tempers. And that <laughs> when you set us off, you know, it's, it's going to come out. It's just, it's part of our, our nature, a part of our upbringing. I said, part of being a minister. Yeah, but God, no, <laughs> neither one of us are natives. That's why oh. <laughs> if we were native Minnesotans. We wouldn't be that way. Oh, but okay. I grew up in Milwaukee, South Milwaukee, and my husband yeah. grew up in Washington D.C. So, but anyway, and I said, but we didn't do that. I said it's because God loved us first, and He's helping us to love you with His love. And I know that you don't understand that right now because you don't even think God re- is real. I said, but just think about how different this time has been from the last time that we had an argument. And I just let it lie. I just let that lie. And like six months later, he came back and he said, Mom, I can't believe how patient you are. I'm sorry I treated you that way. And so you're, you're right. Sometimes that authentic life comes out at the times when it's not pretty and it's not easy and when love really hurts. But that's where people notice it. That's where people notice we're different. And like I, I love how you said it, Beth, how we're anchored on something that is bigger than us and that is more powerful than us and that can do better than we can. And so, you know, especially with loved ones who've known us in our worst moments, when they see us in that authentic love and that authentic witness, it is louder than words. And they remember it. They may not say anything right away, but six months. Yeah. We've changed. They know what they remember what we were before. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. Even if we are a lifelong Catholic, you know, I love uh, St. Bernard of Clairvaux. He says, if you're not moving forward, you're moving backwards. So if you're the same this year as you were last year, then you are growing in holiness. But if you are, people notice it when it comes out at a time when it's not easy. And it makes yeah. a huge message to them. Yeah. Wow. Absolutely. One of the things you said earlier was, I thought, really interesting. You said the phrase, I am an evangelist. Mm-hmm. And I remember the first time I said that, because I would always say, 
I help out at St. Paul Street Evangelization. I'm on evangelization team. I do evangelization. And at one point, I just said it. I am an evangelist. And it was really yeah. striking to me. It was like, that's, that's, that's who I am. That's how I live. It's not just a task. And I encourage any of our evangelists out there, if you haven't said that phrase to somebody, do it. Because you are an evangelist. Beth, you're looking directly at me. <laughs> you really are. And now you're pointing at me. <laughs> I don't think I have. I don't think I've said that before. It, it, it changes how, it, it, just saying it out loud makes a difference because it, it changes how you see yourself. I don't just do evangelization at the core. I am mm-hmm. an evangelist. Yeah, I think it gets down to that fundamental identity. You know, we talk about in the um, basic evangelization training about those, um, the four uh, great questions that all human beings ask. And what is the last one? The last one, or the second to last one How is about, yeah, well, who I am. So it's about identity. And, and we talk about the Christian anthropology. What, what does it mean to be a Christian? And what does it mean to be a Catholic Christian? And sometimes I think, especially in the world now where identity has, is such a, a fluid thing and people think that your identity is something that you create, we forget that once we're marked by the sacrament of baptism and the sacrament of confirmation, that we are Catholic and we are Christians and that we are children of God. And when you, like I, like I totally agree with you, Beth, when you say those words, it changes where you live your life from. And so, you know, I will never not be a mom, right? And so everything, everything I do is always with this mom head on, that, this mom heart. And, and it's the same thing with evangelization. Once I made the leap in my own mind from, this is not something I just do part-time. It has become who I am. And I started seeing those fruits. And actually, it was other people who started, who pointed it out to me. Because I started sharing the stories that I've shared with you today about, you know, the coffee shop and the plane ride from, from Spain and uh, being in a restaurant in Kansas City at my daughter's graduation from Benedictine College and having the same thing happen. You know, the server comes over and like, sees us make the sign of the cross. And she's like, oh, that's so neat to see people pray together. And over the course of the dinner, she keeps asking all these questions. And finally, we said, you know, we're Catholic. And she said, oh, my parents came from Afghanistan. And and, you know, we're Zoroastrianism. I'm like, what? I never heard of that. Tell me about that. Found some common ground. I said, well, how does it change your life? You know, what does it do to make you different than everyone else? She goes, well, it really doesn't. And I said, well, being Catholic and being a Catholic evangelist changes everything for me. Doesn't that sound like something you want to anchor your life in? And then we prayed with her and she's crying, gave her a miraculous medal and gave her a rosary, of course, because Catholic evangelists walk around with stuff in their pockets <laughs> yeah, no. like that. Yeah, right? exactly. That is the best part. Just... <laughs> yeah, always, right? In your pocket, in your purse. But it, it is. It's that identity piece. And that, again, is such a, is such a strong witness to people out on the street, but also in our own lives and, and in our everyday comings and goings, because we know who we are. And when we know who we are, then we operate from that identity. Right. And we know who's behind us, who's in us, through Amen. us, you know, in front of us, yeah. clearing the way, everything. Yeah. yeah. Amen. Yeah, absolutely. And I think it, you hit the heart of it, Denise, in that first story when you said how you're able to just sit in the chair and know the love of God. And like, that's yeah. where your faith flows from. Uh, and to be able to share that part of your faith with those who you talk to and just make it very mm-hmm. apparent that it's in that very visual um, example of that you are God's daughter and like that's that's where you see your deepest identity and that's where you get your energy and love for whatever God puts in front of you. Yeah, absolutely. And I think one of the other, you know, when when someone asks me, well, how can you be Catholic with all this crap going on and all these scandals and all this, you know, and one of the things I tell them is that it's really easy to lose that identity in our world for many reasons. One, we're just distracted, right? We, we have so much thought and so many opportunities. It's, you know, we live the fear of missing out mentality all the time because there's too much stuff. 
And that's a distraction. But the devil also wants to distract us. And that's where I struggle is that, you know, I'll be doing something or planning something and the devil will say, well, who do you think you are? Who do you think you are that you're going to make be successful at that? Who do you think you are that God still loves you even though you messed up here or whatever? And so, whereas I think all Christians can experience God's love in a private prayer moment, for us Catholics, we have public moments that assure us of that. And those are the sacraments. And so when people say, well, how can you be Catholic? I'm like, I can't not be Catholic because I'm one of those weak people that's easily distracted by the, by the devil's messages on my shoulder chirping away. And I can go to mass and receive Christ in the Eucharist. And I can go to confession and receive and be assured of his forgiveness because he instituted those moments in our faith in the sacraments that do, do assure us. And I think um, one of the, one of the things I think that a lot of Catholics don't see the sacraments as is that very thing, that moment of assurance where we can say to the devil, no, that's a lie. And I am a, a daughter of God and he forgave me and has forgiven me and will forgive me. And he is united with me. And I have a hundred million, however many Catholics, six billion mil, uh, Catholics in the world. We all are united in that, in that belief. And, um, you know, in this day and age, I think that that is truly another gift we can bring to people. So many kids that I teach in high school, even I teach at Catholic high school, and still a lot of them are like, well, you know, I don't really know what I believe. And everybody says all religions are the same. And you can, you know, anybody can pray to God and you don't need a priest to, to be forgiven. And yeah, that's all true. But don't you want to be assured of it? Don't you want to have something to answer when that nagging voice of the devil is on your shoulder? And that's a gift that we have. And then again, we reinforce that identity. I am a daughter of God. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I love that. I, when I learned about the sacraments, the, the one phrase that kept coming back to me is each sacrament is a guaranteed encounter with the Lord. I just love that. Guaranteed, yeah. guaranteed encounter with the Lord. Amen. Yeah, absolutely. I love that too. Denise, you are such a gift to this apostolate. I'm, I'm going to ask Steve to double your salary. Actually, trip, whatever he's paying you right now, he's going to yeah. double, maybe even triple. I'll see if I can get that for you. You know what? Dude, good luck with that. Please do. And I'm sure yeah. he'll say yes. Because <laughs> as a math teacher, I know three times zero. Oh, no. But yeah. you know what? I, I was just down in um, Chicago. You know, it's a seven hour drive down there from my house, seven hour drive back. And poor Mark. He's like, I can't believe you're, you're going to go back. And you know, this is crazy. Why would you possibly want to do this? And I said, Mark, if I don't do this, I don't receive the most important gift. And that is an opportunity to see other people get excited about the very thing that has saved me. And I say that in a, you know, big salvation theology way, but saves me every single day. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, you couldn't pay me enough to match what I get out of doing what I do. I, hey, I just, there's no, there's no price on I don't it. No, we it's have, we pain. have million dollar Pope Francis bills. So we're going to get a couple. Of <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I gave away a couple of those this weekend. Did you? <laughs> I have I, so many. I gave them away. <laughs> I've had a lot of fun with those. I would not have thought at all that that would be a tool that I would carry around. I love the metal and rosaries, but um, yeah. I was just with a teen. I said, who wants a million dollars? I was with like the teens and they all raised their hands. And I said, okay, you have to come say a prayer for me. And yeah. one of them did. And it was just like, they took it and they were all looking at it. They were so excited. Like that's Pope Francis. I'm just like, all right, don't spend it all in one place. You know, <laughs> but you can definitely cash that in. Um, you can take that thing. So it's just a, it's just a fun, it's just a fun evangelization tool. That's what I love about, you know, our store and the things that we have to offer are just great tools. for Oh, me. absolutely. Thank you so yeah, much totally. for all of your encouragement. I'm, I'm oh, reminded thank you. Of, I'm reminded of, um, you know, after you do something and, and something amazing happens, when you're reflecting on that later and you're just thanking God for the opportunity, and then something in me just reminds myself, it's like, what if I would have said no to God this time? You know, what if I went yeah. on? What if he didn't teach the ET? What if he didn't give out that Pope Francis bill? You know, that teen wouldn't have stood up and prayed you know, on his own. And that's a big thing, a teen to stand up and pray. Yeah. And it'd been easy to yeah. say, no. it's, e it's so easy to let those opportunities go. But oh, yeah. there's 
so beautiful. When yeah. I've learned very easily that, Hey, who wants to get up and pray for me? Does not work. So, <laughs> <laughs> hey, who, who wants, wants a million dollars? Who wants a million dollars works. And so, <laughs> you know, it's just a fun way to break the ice. And that's what all of our tools do. It's just a fun yeah. way to break the ice and gets, um, gets conversation started or gets people to do, to pray, to do, have that encounter. So it was beautiful. Yeah. Absolutely. Thanks. Yeah. So, Denise, did, was there anything else that you wanted to say or talk about? No, you know, I, this has been a, an awesome conversation. And again, you know, I came on thinking I was going to share all these stories, but the Lord has just filled my heart with just being able to reconnect with brothers and sisters in the Lord, but also um, people who get this crazy thing called, called evangelization <laughs> that we are, evangelists that we are. And it, it, I always get so much more reju reju more rejuvenated when I talk to other people about this, you know, and share stories. So thank you. Thank you for sharing your stories and thank you for pumping me up again because I'm off to Slayton, <laughs> Minnesota this weekend, three hours west, southwest of, Minis of Minneapolis. And we're going to teach the folks out on the prairie how to be evangelists. So a couple prayers would be great if you... Uh, Want to pray for me? I'll be up at 5 a.m. on Saturday. No Waffle House, though. So. Okay. Yeah, 5 a.m. and no Waffle House. <laughs> Dude, that's a real test in virtue right there. Are With you going that? on your own for this training, or do you have a partner? You know, I uh, should have had a partner, but uh, if you can just add a, a real quick prayer for Deb McManaman. She has been the really under the fire. Her granddaughter, who lives with her, uh, moved in from Germany to come back here to go to school, um, has been in the hospital for over a week with bacterial meningitis. And so Deb's going to stay home with her. She, I think she got out of the hospital yesterday. So if we could pray for Deb and for her granddaughter, Avery, for complete healing. Um, unfortunately, I'll have to do this by myself. But we are the D&D &D team. And, and boy, when you get two of us going, you can imagine what crazy things happen. And the Lord really, <laughs> really honors our craziness. But uh, I will miss Deb. Absolutely, I will miss Deb on this trip. But um, God willing... She's going to be back in the apostolate full force in a couple of weeks as soon as Avery gets back on her feet. But we're praying for Avery and for her complete healing. Amen. Yes. Amen. Amen. Yeah, Beth, any, any last thoughts you want to sign us off? No, just thanks for, um, thanks so much for coming on. And, and maybe you can join me on my little sign-off part. I think you know this line, right? We are St. Paul Street Evangelization where we, what? Train? Equip Catholics for... Oh, wait, I don't know this one. What is it? <laughs> <laughs> you know it. You know it. Oh, we are Paul Street Evangelization, where we train, equip, and mobilize ordinary Catholics to do the extraordinary work of evangelization in order to save souls. Wow. I'm going to learn that so I can say it. <laughs> <laughs> Man, God bless everybody. God bless. Thank you so much. <laughs>